electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. I'm Scott Wapner, and you're listening to CNBC's Halftime Report, the podcast, the most profitable hour of the trading day. We record this live weekdays at 12 Eastern. Listen in. Welcome to the Halftime Report. I'm Scott Wapner, front and center this hour, the road ahead for your money, a new quarter about to get underway. We will debate which stocks to own and which to avoid with our investment committee. And joining me for the hour today are Stephanie Link, Joe Terranova, John Najarian, and CNBC's Jim Cramer. There he is. He's the host of Mad Money. Good to have you with us yet again, Jim. I'll take you first to the wall. Going to be uh, going for another positive quarter would be the fourth in a row, fourth straight for the Dow and the S&P. NASDAQ, we know it's wobbled a little bit lately could post its first negative month in five all the way on the right. You know, that's been the big story. Interest rates, the 10-year yield at 171. They've been up lately, wondering where all of this, Jim, now leaves us as we're about to head into a new quarter. Well, this is an extraordinary day because it's the exact opposite of everything else that's happened this quarter. I know one of Stephanie's uh, favorites is Cisco. Uh, we talk about IBM. Uh, this, is a, <laughs> this is a day where people want to throw those away. I'm, I'm wondering, and I'm going to put it right, if you don't mind, Judge, put it right to Steph because she's in this world. Steph, how much of this is uh, uh, fund managers who don't really have to show that they're buying these ones that they regard as losers? And so they're just saying, you know what, I can get a fresh start. And how much of it is just some sort of like, you know what, these are so beaten down, we got to buy them. I think they're so beaten down that you want to buy some of them, not all of them. But I don't think the narrative changes just because you flip into a new quarter. The stimulus is still in the system. We're going to get another $2.2 trillion in infrastructure spend. Growth is going to be better. Last night we got better China PMIs. Today, Chicago PMIs best since 2008. Consumer is doing just fine. I am watching housing. Housing is where the narrative is starting to change, I think, on the margin because they have very difficult comparisons. But I think that's a function of supply, not demand. But the point of it is better growth leads to better rates. And if and then what you want to do is have some of the companies and have exposure to some of the companies that are going to benefit from that better growth. That said, technology can certainly be included in that. And as to your point, they're beaten down. So you want to pick and choose where you want to go. Look at the end markets of where you want to be. 5G, cloud, AI, data center, all that stuff still sticks. And you can pick a lot of different names here. Jim, it's funny that that you, you know, you went right to Steph and you brought up the, the Cisco's of the world. You know, people are focused on IBM and they're talking a lot about Intel and maybe not so much the fangs of late. And, you know, we, we did that CNBC quarterly survey, and the exclusive question for us is which tech stock will have the best total return this year? 49% say Intel, 30% say Cisco, and now they're relative to some of the, you know, the Kathy Wood stocks, if you will, oh. the Teladocs or Zoom. They think it's the old value tech is going to outperform the growth tech in this quarter ahead, Jim. Well, I struggle with that because these have already just completely, the ones that are up 49%. I mean, Intel, that is just a charm offensive. That's Gelsinger, charm offensive. Uh, Cisco, the numbers are probably too low, although I didn't like yesterday Chuck Robbins on on, on Yahoo Finance is talking about the possibility of, of, of DRAM problems or semi-problems. Teladoc is problematic. Why? Because there are other companies that have come in that have challenged them. So that leaves me with Zoom. 
And uh, Zoom is a Kathy Wood name, and I'm, I'm so glad you went to them because I think, Judge, I would love to hear from everyone on the panel whether this last fund, this, um, this fund that is about space exploration, is finally a fund too far. Judge, is, is it time to own JD.com, Alibaba, Tencent, Google, Netflix, Amazon, and Alphabet as a space fund? Or is that <laughs> yeah. the show that I when I was growing up called Lost in Space? You know, oh. uh, look. <laughs> here, here is where I think the environment is right now, Jim. And, and this is no, no BS, okay? I had somebody who's on an NFL coaching staff yesterday who's on his way down to one of the pro days um, ask me uh, via text where I think the NASDAQ is going and those Kathy Wood-type stocks because they're invested in those names. I mean, I think the broader environment, I use that example to say the that jet? there are, was it a there, there, there was not. There were a okay, lot of well, people who invested in those names. Okay. Yes. Um, they're, they're, they've been the glamour names, the popular names, the retail names. They've all had huge pullbacks. Okay. Month to date, the Teladocs of the world are down 18%. Roku's 18, Zoom's 14, Spotify 12, Shopify 13, Zscaler 16, DocuSign 10, CrowdStrike 15. I, I bring that up, Doc, to, you know, what do you tell that person? who is speaking for a larger cohort, right? I mean, it's a voice of a larger group of people who want to know where are those stocks going to go in the next quarter? Are they dead? Do I need to rotate and put my money elsewhere? I don't think they're dead. Um, I would be a buyer of most of those names, and I won't uh, reiterate them, but uh, I would be a buyer of most of those names here, Scott. Um, but after they saw those big pops in, uh, you know, the, obviously 2020, but then in parts of 2021 as well, we've seen many of those catch fire again, only to flame out. I think at the end of the quarter, this is a logical time for to pick up some of those beaten names because people don't want them on their sheets, just like Jim and uh, Steph have just discussed. You know, they can stealthily get back into some of those names. So for that coach who's traveling down to those pro days and so forth, I'd say, yeah, now would be the time. If, they, if they're already in them, um, I would say hold them. Uh, so in other words, that's the question of hold or buy. I would buy them if they're not in them. I would hold them if they're still in them. So I say, Jim, well, OK, my response was, well, you know, it kind of depends on where where rates may go, because those are the stocks that have been most under pressure as rates have continued to move up. And his response was, well, I think that sort of decoupled itself um, you know, last week, where even though rates were coming down, it's not like those stocks got another huge lift or anything. So w what are we supposed to do with that group of, of, let's call them glamour tech? Look, I'm old fashioned. Rates going up means inflation going up. Inflation going up means these kinds of stocks are worth less. I mean, it's what I was taught. I can't go away from it. I know there's a whole new cohort of people who think that rates are really not uh, of value or they have decoupled. Judge, I've got to tell you, I can't go away from it. I've watched these stocks just get annihilated when uh, when rates went up. And I think when I listen to Stephanie, and I'm sure I'd love to hear from everybody on the investment committee, but I think the economy is going to be red hot. If you do 10 percent GDP, you can't you're going to have to scale out of these stocks, Judge. I really believe that. So the, the, what I heard you say earlier too, uh, Jim, and I'll pose this to Joe, is that as it relates to tech, you either got to buy the, the semi-equipment companies, right, because you have the chip shortage worldwide, or you got to buy um, the, you know, really interesting stocks that are out there, and it's becoming harder to find those. Um, there's something very exciting, Jim, you said. So, Joe, you know, if you're going to say, okay, I got to buy the semi-equipment stocks, or when it relates to tech, I got to buy something very exciting, 
and they're harder to find. What do you make of that? Well, I make of that you want to focus on established growth technology names. But I'll tell you this in the interim, I think all of technology is about to participate in a rebound capacity. I think S&P 4000, here we come. I think Tom Lee is about to be right. I've talked throughout the quarter about a very significant rotation as it relates to momentum funds. We are now at the end of the quarter, and it appears to me that the correlation that we're speaking about, where higher rates lead to the selling of long-duration assets, that is going to break, and I think it's going to break heading into earnings. So I think the next couple of weeks are going to be very strong ones, and we are going to see a lot of these momentum-oriented technology names snap back. Now, to Stephanie's point... Is, is that sustainable uh, in the entirety of 2021? No, it's not. Mm. But I think going into earnings, you're going to have a very strong period here where momentum is going to recover. Jim, Joe wow. thinks like the Zooms and the CrowdStrikes are, are going, to, going to have a nice momentum bounce back. Well, CrowdStrikes 27% off of its high. Uh, Zoom is 45% off of its high. Well, I, I need a thesis. I mean, one of the things that I think can work, uh, look, let's distinguish the semiconductor equipment. We've got a worldwide shortage. And those companies are sold out and, and they can raise price, raise price, raise price. The companies that we're showing out, they can't raise price. They don't really have they have high price to sales. We heard some very, you know, Curry Firestone, who is so good. And I'm so glad you have her on all the time because I just love her. She was talking about the, the, the trillions of dollars that is still valued at high price to sales. And I worry about that, Judge, because high price to sales may mean younger investors who are who could get blown out here. And maybe uh, I don't want to say that though that whole cohort could be a source of funds, but I am saying as between a Twitter or a uh, a lamb, which I like, or Plaid Material mm-hmm. versus the CrowdStrike versus the Zendesk, I I struggle with the with the latter. I think they're great companies, but I think the stocks could be, even Frank Slubin, I love Snowflake. I think it's great. I'm talking about the company. I don't know if I can get behind the stock. And Eric Yuan is terrific, but they got to do something. They have to do something in Zoom besides just being Zoom. Right. And okay. I'm, not, I'm not seeing them make the big changes with the cash they have. So, so Joe, how do you respond to, to Jim, right? If you, if, you know, why a CrowdStrike or a Zoom over a Lamb or an AMAT? Well, first of all, I own Lamb, and I believe in the fundamentals of Lamb, and that's a longer-term holding for me. Uh, what I'm speaking to is in the interim positioning. I think positioning is very important. I think positioning mattered at the beginning of this quarter, and certainly positioning mattered when we saw momentum reach its height in the middle of February. Now that you've under uh, you you've passed through this rotation that we've experienced, now you're at a point where that allows for the opportunity for a lot of these names just to have a snapback, a little bit of a bounce within an overall bearish. Uh, trend that they've developed here over the last six weeks. But, Scott, that's going to be enough to support all of the indexes and provide a supportive environment going into earnings. That's all I'm trying to highlight. I mean, Tom Lee, you mentioned him earlier. He, he thinks the next couple of days you could actually start this big rip higher in part because of the positioning that, Joe, you're mentioning. Steph, give me something on Lamb, though. You own Lamb Research, and then, Doc, I want you to talk about applied materials after that because you own the calls. But you, Steph, first, please. 
Yeah, I've owned Lamb for a really long time, and it really is on DRAM recovery, which we've seen last quarter of DRAM itself for the company rose 40% sequentially. Now, the other part of the business is NAND. That hasn't recovered. That's the second half of this year's story, and they will benefit. By the way, I think Applied Materials has more NAND exposure than LAM, so they may benefit even more. But the trends are there, right? I mean, what did I mention? It's, 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 it's data center, it's cloud, it's 5G, right. it's bandwidth. This is all of what's going on in, in memory, right? And um, if this analyst at Bernstein is right, and you have wafer fab equipment growth of 19% this year to $75 billion, that's enormous. That is the absolute no I have not seen that number yet. Yet. But on top of market share, on top of services, on top of better pricing and margins, I, I think this is a, this one and, and applied. You can own them both. I happen to just have a big position in Lambda. Understood. John, Applied Materials is yours. Yeah. Well, Scott, um, middle of this month, uh, Applied Materials was talking about um, artificial intelligence and big data. And uh, that's one of the reasons this one's been outperforming like crazy this year. AMAT, you know, you pull up a chart, it doesn't matter if it's a weekly chart or if it's monthly or, I mean, this thing has just been on fire. And that's because of what Jim said as well. You know, they want uh, data, whether it's a snowflake, whether it's somebody um, mm -hmm. that, that basically uh, tears apart that data and looks for those little kernels that could be important as far as an investment thesis and so forth. Obviously, for traders, that's huge, but there are so many uses of this big data out there. Um, and it's not just Google and Facebook that are using it. It's virtually every firm. And if AMAT can provide that at better cost and better scale, that's why they're doing what they're doing as far as the stock price, Scott. And you also, Jim, have to, you know, if, if, as we're looking ahead to a new quarter, which is what we're trying to do, you know, you get more positive vaccine news today out of Pfizer as it relates to younger, younger people, 12 to 15. Um, you've got infrastructure, obviously, right? right. President Biden's going to talk about that, which was interesting to me, though. You suggested this morning, and maybe I heard this incorrectly, but not to not to go after some of those infrastructure stocks at, at this point. Did, did I hear you correctly? Yeah, well, I said that if you're really going to play that game, and it is a game, be aware that it's been a, a mugs game for many years. So own stuff that can, on its own volition, do well. Nucor is putting through price increases. They've got demand for every single line of their steel, so I'm cool with that. Uh, same thing with, with uh, Martin Marietta Materials. They are only in growth areas of the country. That is one that you want to buy if you believe in it because they'll do well away from that. So what I'm trying to do is make it so that there's kind of a fail-safe because we have historically been really bad at uh, the so-called shovel-ready projects, uh, bridge and tunnel. It's just not what we're good at. At one point, we were a great country about that. But let's just own that is not our strength anymore. So I'm reluctant to play that particular uh, group of stocks. I know, and I, again, I defer because I do spend a lot of time talking to Steph because we have many, many years. But I saw URI down four today after reversing. I said, well, okay, listen, if you really got to be there, then go with United Rentals. Uh, and by, by the way, can I just say we are in a halcyon moment for the semis micron reports today. I do think the DRAM is tightening. But Gary Dickerson is running Applied Materials. He is fantastic. Tim Archer running Lamb Research. You know, 
Judge, we don't talk about the fact that sometimes the CEOs leases sue at AMD. Now Intel has a great CEO. Uh, it, it is just a halcyon time. I've never seen all these semis be run by such competitive, good CEOs. Yeah, and a lot of the stocks reflect that leadership as well. Yes. And, and the kind that you, you speak about oh, often. Yeah. Um, you know, Steph, I find it interesting, right? We, we talk so often and we try and give advice to, to our viewers about this whole barbell approach that we, we've heard about uh, from you and others for, for so long. And I'm, I'm wondering now, be, because we're thinking more about the reopen and, and the recovery, whether the barbell at this point has has to have much more weight on one side than a more balanced way that it has up until this point. Can you can you speak to that at all? Does that make any sense? Yeah, no, I do. I mean, I, I actually am now 70 percent cyclicals and 30 percent kind of quality oh. long term growth. And a lot of that is because of what I said earlier, that I think all this stimulus sloshing around and we're going to get more. We haven't even spent all of it yet. It takes a long time to get into the system. It takes almost a year to get into the system. And so I think we're starting to see the benefits. We're starting to see better growth. To Jim's point before, I've been talking about 10% GDP growth for, for, for weeks mm-hmm. and quarters now mm-hmm. um, because of all this pent-up demand. And so I think all this pent-up demand is going to be substantial and lead to better growth, better earnings. And you want to have companies that have exposure to that, economically sensitive companies where the margins have held up, but the revenues have come down, but they're so well run and they've restructured ad nauseum that they will see positive operating leverage as you see better demand on the top line. I think these companies, particularly in the industrials and the financials, I think they've done an amazing job hanging in there up until now. And I think this is this is their year. And so you want to have more exposure on, on those groups, including materials as well as con- also uh, consumer discretionary. But I'm not giving up on Google. And in fact, I've been adding to that name. I'm not giving up on some of my technology names. I happen to be more semiconductor centric in terms of my, my tech own uh, holdings, but I think that there are definitely opportunities along the way. Well, so you do want to have a balance. Well, you want to be a little less of a balance. You say you're not giving up on Google. Well, you know, rightfully so, because, you know, Google is very much a reopening story if ever a FANG stock could be one. But, you know, Jim, what do you do then with the, you know, to Steph's point about cyclicals and, you know, industrials or discretionary, Boeing, American Airlines and Delta United, all of the airlines which quarter to date have obviously had huge runs and even month to date. And if we're talking about this, maybe more weight going towards those types of stocks, do you continue to buy those? Well, we have this guy, Philip Bell. OK, I think he knows these airlines better than the CEOs of the airlines. He's probably like the clearinghouse. I mean, if I was Ed Bastian, I'd be calling him and say, what's American doing? And he came on this morning and talked about raising rates. And by the way, not with a lot, you know, just total leverage. I mean, it's very rare that you have this kind of leverage for these airlines. So the answer is yes. And by the way, in this Boeing, people were saying to me, hey, listen, uh, Ned Siegel was on last night with one of these things, uh, uh, places on Twitter. And he was saying, do you think that it's just kind of one of these fall line Boeing things where first the day, day one, you get Southwest, then day two, you get Alaska, tomorrow, you get no, South. Southwest got this great deal, and now all these airlines are coming in saying, we want that deal. So I think Boeing works. I think Boeing goes higher. I think Boeing's in much better shape than people realize. And as long as I listen to Phil, I gotta own the, you got to own these stocks. Doc, you got to. I, I got the, the casino stock, stock MGM, Wynn, and, and Vegas Sands. You know, they've obviously had good quarters. Um, MGM, the best of those three that I mentioned. But all three are still down mm-hmm. from their 52-week highs, and they've you know, pulled back within the last... A uh, couple of weeks, if not a couple of days. Uh, what about what we're talking about now as it relates to those stocks? 
Well, reopening is going to play for these guys in a big way, Scott. Uh, and that, that surge that you talked about that we've seen earlier this year um, and then a, pull, a subsequent pullback, it's the same sort of thing you saw in Sabre, um, you know, where they basically run behind the scenes what a lot of the booking sites are doing for airlines and so forth. Um, when you're seeing that surge up and then a pullback, I've seen that in Freeport, where people are betting on the infrastructure plays, even in Semex, a stock that I own, and Cleveland Cliffs, a stock that I own, um, where they've had spectacular run-ups and then a pullback. And I think you wait a little bit because even though uh, you're going to get good news about infrastructure tonight, no doubt, it's going to be $2 trillion from President Biden and so forth, um, and he'll name probably some very specific areas where he'd like that to be spent, which benefits all of those, and Jim's play with United Rentals, of course. Um, but when does that money go out? You know, yeah. to everybody's point, it takes a while to get it out there. So I think you can be patient with these. You don't buy them. I think it's buy rumors, sell news. And then you wait for that to play out a little bit, Scott, and you buy these a month or two months down the road rather than after tonight's speech. So, Joe, you know, as it relates to some of these stocks, I'm, I'm thinking of by virtue of what you said at the top of the show about this, you know, momentum rotation and that some of these stocks are going to have money coming back in because of positioning. Mm -hmm. So if you've got money to buy something right now, do I have better hopes on Hilton or do I have better hopes on Zoom? Because it sounded to me like you would answer that with Zoom <laughs> earlier. And I'm wondering, relative to what we just talked about now with, and what Jim said, that whether Hilton's going to get the bigger burst uh, between now, let's say, and the end of the year, or a Zoom. Now and between the end of the year, actually Marriott would be the play. If you're talking about now into earnings, Zoom would be the play. Was Marriott on that list? Marriott's on my list. Nope. Mar Marriott's up 13%. No, I'm just joking. I mean, Marriott's such a better operator than Hilton. They're like, you know. But the point stays, the, Jim, the yeah. point stays the same then. Yes, right? it does, a hotel of stock, of Hotel stock or Zoom? Oh, Marriott is just, a, I think, a great situation. And I feel so badly because Arnie Sorensen was such a titan. But I think he left the company in great shape. And, again, Zoom has to do something. I just think Zoom can't just continue to be Zoom. Now, I know if you're DocuSign, if you're Zoom, if you're Twilio, you're saying, look, we're inventing things all the time. But you know what, Judge, the problem is, is that Wall Street doesn't look at it like that. They say Zoom's a yesterday stock. Look, I know we're going to talk about Lulu. I love Lulu. But all I heard about today was Lulu's a yesterday stock. Well, give me a break. Unless you work for Wells Fargo where you got to go to work, Lulu is a tomorrow stock. So I think that you've got to pay attention to what right. companies are doing. And Mirror is a winner for Lulu. I wanna, we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about okay. Lulu coming up. And you mentioned Wells because you joked earlier that Charlie Sharp's going to make you wear a tie yeah, when Charlie's you show up at the office and probably a suit. You're not going to be able to wear your, your ABC pants uh, <laughs> over at Wells Fargo. Steph, do you want to say something? Yeah, I was just going to say I own Win, and they actually did a secondary a couple of weeks ago at 115. It stops at 124. It's kind of... Yeah. It's like not doing much today. It's not doing much in the last couple of weeks, but it's gradually moving higher. And this is my point. These companies that have been in these down and out industries, they're doing everything that they can to improve capital, to improve their liquidity, to be in a good position to gain market share. I would totally agree on Marriott. I own that one as well. And then Vail Resorts, as you know, is a brand new name for me. I think all three of those names can be bought right here, especially if you have a longer term time frame between now and the end of the year. I forgot to bring up a move that you had. Jim, Jim's not going to be happy with this. He's going to uh -oh. fall out. 
out of his chair, okay? I'm just prefacing it. Oh, my God. Is this a sale? Is this a sale of a lifetime? <laughs> it is. Where I'm going to pull my, it, what's it known is. as the IFB out it is. I don't want to hear it? it. Is. You know, no, 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 I'm not listening to you. Stephanie Link sold AMD. You want to tell the viewers why? Let, let's just put it all into context, right? I actually bought Cisco, and, and Jim, you know that because you and I talked about it, how I absolutely, between IBM and Cisco, I own some very ugly technology companies, but they're turnaround stories, and that's what I do. So Cisco I bought because even though it's up 17% on the year, it's only up 34% in the last year. And I do think as we reopen, enterprise spending is going to right. see a recovery. Right. Order rates are starting to inflect higher. They were up 1% last quarter after five quarters in a row of being down. Down. They have a whole new product cycle in switching. So I thought that there was more of an opportunity in something like Cisco, whereas AMD, I made a ton of money and I own a ton of semiconductor companies. So I had to pick and choose and I decided to take my gains in AMD. I so know, Jim, personal. you're not happy with me. You're saying with, it's not with, personal, with, with it's strictly no, business. No, not personal. Strictly business. It's strictly business. <laughs> like Michael, take, right before he took profits, his action you and told got me. one. Okay, <laughs> no problem. But, right, there are other things that you could have sold you chose to sell AMD. Jim, it does speak to sitting on some winners, sitting on some big ones, as much as you like Lisa Sue and the job that she's done and where AMD stock has gone, at some point you might have to make a sale of something okay. you still really love. Judge, I've thought about this and thought about this because the fact is, is that a really disciplined person would have sold some in the 90s. Uh, I happen to think that Lisa Sue has a very good roadmap. A two-year, I think she has a two-year edge on Intel. I, I think the last 10 <laughs> points have been Pat Gelsinger's charm offensive, which was very charming, by the way, really good. But I don't think he has the horses to change the direction uh, and be able to make it so that Intel is suddenly the favored horse. So I think Advanced Micro bounces back. Mm -hmm. I think that Lisa Sue's done a remarkable job. She's not sitting still. And what I really loved about her, she didn't come out and defend herself. She didn't have to. Because her roadmap, which is mostly Italian cities, by the way, says to me, don't you worry about a thing. Obviously, today, uh, I hope is not counter trend when it goes to AMD. Uh, I think a lot of the stocks that are going up today are counter, counter trend. But I think Advanced Micro has been beaten down enough. And I think the time is to buy, not to sell. OK, um, I would, let me touch on that uh, IPO that is now open, by the way. We talked about it earlier. CEO was interviewed on the network. Coursera is, uh, has opened for business today. Uh, began trading at 39. Uh, 33 was the, the price uh, on it. If we can show it. Do we have it, gang? Uh, yeah, there it is. Uh, it's up 20%. So it's a nice pop for the, uh, the IPO of the day, oh. Coursera, C-O-U-R. Let's do this. Let's take a quick break. Jim mentioned Lulu. We'll come back. We'll talk about that. Joe's got another new buy he didn't share with us yet. We'll do that right after the break, and we're going to debate it as well. And don't miss CNBC's Race and Opportunity in America. That's special tonight, 8 o'clock Eastern. It comes amid the rise in anti-Asian violence in the United States. We're going to look at the economic and social challenges facing the Asian-American community. We'll talk to business leaders, including the director of Crazy Rich Asians, John Chu. We'll talk to the CEO of Box, the former Avon CEO, Andrea Jung, fashion designer Philip Lim, and the CEO of PagerDuty as well. It's a great lineup. We're looking very much forward to that this evening. We're back in two minutes. Old Dominion Freight Line was built on keeping promises. With an industry-leading on-time delivery record and low claims rate, we keep promises better than any other LTL freight carrier because we treat every shipment like it's our most important one. Visit ODFL.com to learn more. Welcome back. I'm Rahel Solomon, and here is your CNBC News update at this hour. 
New York has become the latest state to legalize recreational marijuana. New Yorkers will be allowed to legally possess up to three ounces. Sales of recreational use of marijuana will not become legal, though, until the state draws up regulations, and that could take 18 months. The Pentagon will reportedly do away with Trump-era policies that largely banned transgender people from serving in the military. Defense officials tell the AP that the changes will be announced later today. The head of the Environmental Protection Agency saying that he's ousting current members of two science advisory boards. He says that it's part of an effort to restore, quote, scientific integrity to boards that had become dominated by industry figures under the Trump administration. And this is pretty cute. Traffic coming to a complete stop in Connecticut for a mother bear who was apparently having a bear of a time getting her four cubs across a busy roadway. A couple there needed uh, some carrying and even they wouldn't stay put when the mom went back for the others. Eventually, though, the bear family did make it safely across the road. Scott, I feel like there's a there's a joke in there somewhere. Yeah, I don't know. So cute, though. <laughs> yes. Rahel, thank you. Rahel sure. Solomon. All right, uh, Joe, that new buy that I teased everybody with, uh, all that's new, I don't know, all that's old is new again, however you want to say it, CMG, <laughs> Chipotle. You were one of the only yes. ones who was in this name for a long time on this show, and, uh, and now you're back. Yes. I am. So, so Jim properly defined the environment today where you're seeing counter trend stocks rallying. I've said over the next couple of weeks that's going to work and then it's going to stop. It's not going to work anymore. Why? Because as Jim identified, you need something more than just <clears throat> momentum. You need to look at the fundamentals. You need to look at the balance sheet. And you're looking at Chipotle. You've got the stock down 12% since they posted a very strong quarter in January. You're looking at a company that has revenue growth of 10% annualized over the last three years. They've got the digital acceleration of over 40%. They're introducing new products, quesadillas, cauliflower rice, which is phenomenal. And they've got the ability now under Brian Nichols' leadership to really deliver a fundamental element beyond just momentum. So I love the story. I love the stock. I'm glad to be back in it. The kids love it. In fact, for dinner tonight, that's what we're having. And this is a quality momentum name. You know I believe in that strategy. This will have sustainability beyond the next few weeks. All right. Uh, Jim, what do you think? I'm coming over for dinner. That's what I think. Uh, This is such a great call. Uh, I I happen to think Brian Nichol is just unbelievably good. And the stocks come down. Joe's so right. By the way, the cauliflowers. It's awesome. But what I really like about this is that this, this company is actually making as much in digital, in takeout, in the Chipotle's, as it does inside, but inside hasn't been opened. The earnings power of this company when they open the inside is going to be extraordinary. So I think this one is a straight shot to 1500. I am on board. YOLO. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, we just haven't talked about it in a while. You I know. know it's, it's just done quietly go down since that great quarter. And, you know, look at this, what they're selling today. They're selling Brinker. Okay, so as between, let's own eat this, as between Chili's and Chipotle, anyone on the uh, investment committee want to go to Chili's? No, but I mean, look, Jim, a lot of those stocks have been up a lot, right? Darden last week. Well, because all of, the, all of the restaurant stocks have Because risked. they wiped out all the competition. There is, there's 150,000 restaurants, or probably one-third are Italian, that have gone out of business. So I got to tell you, Olive Garden, you may like it, you may hate it, is the last man standing. Let's switch to they Lulu. They have a very good salad, Judge, before you. <laughs> yeah. A very good salad. Let, who, the Olive Garden? Yeah. Good Caesar. 
Dude, I've always liked oh, the Olive Garden salad. Oh, thank you. They'll get out for 20 bucks. Oh, yeah. I'm telling you, both of them get out for 20. <laughs> Olive Garden salad's always been a home Unlimited. run. Unlimited. It is. Unlimited. Exactly. Um, <laughs> let's talk Lulu, uh, if, if we may, for, for, for a variety of reasons, okay? There's the stock. It's down better than 3%. Uh, Joe Terranova owns it. It's a laggard, uh, as it is for, for John Nigerian, too. It's sort of part of this quarterly report thing that we do from time to time where we go back and take a look at the best and worst performers that our investment committee members have chosen. Lulu, unfortunately for Joe and John, is, is a laggard, um, if not the number one laggard. Um, Jim, you like this quarter. Oh, yeah. What's the problem? Nobody damn Why is the stock down 12% though year uh, to date if this is so great? First of all, Matthew Boss is, is my go-to in this, and he loves it as much as ever. But what really bothers me about the way the stock is acting is, did any of the people who are selling it actually listen to the call? Yes. They have, who doesn't have a port problem? I mean, I got a port problem. But here's what I, I, I like about them. They bought Mirror, and they're putting money toward Mirror. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't see what the heck could be wrong with that. I think that when companies buy something and they put money behind it, I think that's smart, Scott. That's not dumb. So I think that this stock is a super buy right now. Wow. Doc, what do you think? Well, um, I think in the call, and I did listen to it, Jim, (laughs) um, the call they talked about same-day delivery in uh, a limited number of markets, but nonetheless, same-day delivery, Scott. Uh, because we know you can buy online, of course, um, and they're bricks and mortar. They're opening more of those. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, bricks and mortar have been, you know, sort of an anvil around many stores' necks up until now. But Lulu's still drawing people in. I think this same-day delivery could be something really big for them. So on a dip like this, yeah, it's down whatever. Uh, closed three sixteen, three seventeen last night. It's down ten or eleven dollars. I think this is a nice buy. Uh, those at-the-money calls got crushed. Mm-hmm. I've written those calls against the stock. Um, they're down as much as the stock is, really. So you're insulated if you, dis- if you chose to sell those calls <clears throat> against it. I like Lulu here, and I think it goes a lot higher. It's not going away except at Wells Fargo, as you said earlier. Yeah, Steph, you want to rain on these three guys' parade, though, right? I mean, it's not cheap. It's not cheap. Oh, God, no. No, it never has been, though, but but it has the best growth out of all of them. But I was just noticing all of the athleisure names are down year to date, all, all of them, including and I own VF Corp, right? But Nike, Adidas, Adidas, mm-hmm. Puma, Lulu. It's almost like athleisure is a tired theme in a way. Maybe it pauses, but it's not going away. And I 100 percent agree with Jim on investing to grow. You want to hear companies do that. You want to see them doing that. You want to see them making M&A. And I think they're doing the right things. I just have a hard time with this valuation. I always have. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but you know, I sold Nike at the beginning of the year, and, and it's down 5%. Well, well that I'll was keep a brilliant an eye on that sale. one. That was a brilliant sale. Now I'm thinking back to what Jim said about Zoom and having to do something else. And I'm thinking about... The way you talk about Lulu, Jim, with Mirror is investing to chase the multiple that Peloton has. Well, that's uh, kind of the goal, right? I, I happen to like Mr. Foley. I love the way that uh, he's an aggressive fellow. He bought the treadmill company. Look, any, any company that is in totally short, uh, short supply, I usually like. But when you have these products where you have to fly them in, that's really going to hurt the gross margins. I still think the Peloton is, is slightly overvalued. Uh, I don't want to go there. I'm just you know, looking at Lulu and just saying, no, come on. I mean, I, I want them to invest. I like the Peloton bought the, the, the treble company. My problem with Peloton is that market cap. 
I mean, I don't know. Should the market cap really be 33 billion when we're going to go back to doing spin classes? And I don't know. I don't know, Judge. I think spin classes have a they've, there's something ethereal about them. My wife loves to go to them. Uh, she thinks that it's great to be competitive with other people. She's been pelotoning by herself, obviously, and that's going to end. I, I, does anybody want to disagree with that? I think this is, again, just goes back to this just boom that's going to take place in this country. Yes. People are going to want to get out and be around other people. And that's going to perhaps be an issue for stocks like Peloton. Doc, I mean, does it, do you have an issue with that? Well, I mean, Peloton has made a significant correction, Scott, and any of us that would have bought it on that correction would be real happy about the performance that it's putting on today. Um, so I don't think Peloton just goes away. Um, and I, I'm, I'm a fan. Um, I, I don't, do not have one. Um, it's a little rich for my blood, Scott. I don't need one of those in my basement acting as a clothes hanger. Um, but I know the people that love them use them every day, and that's probably Stephanie Link. Uh, probably grinding out miles on their everyday stuff. Um, but it's just not for me. But the stock, like I say, was a nice buy on that dip. Yeah. All right. Let's take a quick break. We'll come back. Financials, the second best performer in the first quarter. Should you keep banking on them? We'll discuss that in two minutes. B2B selling is tougher than ever, and we feel your pain. If you're struggling to close deals, consider giving LinkedIn Sales Navigator a shot. This sales intelligence platform helps professionals like you engage high-value customers, drive higher revenue, and increase sales performance. Sales Navigator also guides you in targeting the right buyers, highlights key signals such as job changes or which accounts you should prioritize, and uncovers hidden hot prospects so you can find those buyers that are most likely to convert. Fueled by LinkedIn's 1 billion member platform, Sales Navigator gives you the most up-to-date first-party data, enabling you to unlock conversations with the people that matter. Right now, you can try LinkedIn Sales Navigator and get a 60-day free trial at linkedin.com slash halftime report. That is linkedin.com slash halftime report for a 60-day free trial. Let LinkedIn Sales Navigator help you sell like a superstar today. Just go to linkedin.com slash halftime report and get started. All right, welcome back. Let's talk to the banks now. We mentioned how well they performed, and we're wondering whether they're still going to perform in the quarter ahead. Jim, you mentioned at the top. I mean, if rates continue to move up, it's hard not to like the banks. It's really right? hard. Yeah, it's very interesting. It, uh, almost every bank got caught up in this uh, fiasco. And, but J.P. Morgan took a hard look at that company, at the, uh, the company that described itself oh, Arcagos, yeah. as challenge. Yep. They had a challenge quarter. They used the word challenging. I mean, I, I'm trying to figure out what team right. is, is, is challenged like they are. Jacksonville. They, they were, Jacksonville's challenge. It was challenging. Yes. I mean, it's a team that should break up. But I do feel that when J.P. Morgan took a hard look and said, listen, these guys are untrustworthy versus, say, Credit Suisse. I mean, a Credit Suisse, a, a, I don't even know what to, I'm speechless about Credit Suisse. So I have to think that J.P. Morgan, <laughs> you're not going to go wrong with J.P. Morgan, and you're going to go wrong with Credit Suisse. And you're, you're, I mean, look, you're, you're talking from a, a, a risk controls uh, narrative, well, right? It, it just, it, but, it's emblematic of how great they are. Yeah. It's emblematic. Um, so, Stephanie Link, right, we, we talked about the quarterly reports 
you know, briefly for, for Joe and, and John, Wells and Bank of America were among your best winners in the quarter. Yes. Wells up 29, Bank of America up 27. It's funny, we, we had, again, from our survey, um, over the next 12 months, would you rather buy uh, J.P. Morgan, Goldman Sachs, PayPal, or Square? J.P. Morgan, 48%. Yeah. Goldman Sachs, 27%. Well, it's PayPal's loved, obviously. It's high. 24, zero. Yeah. Square. Zero. zero. It gets recommended every day. Square, zero. We did zero. a recommendation today. I mean, like, I, it'll, Good yes. Friday is going to be like four recommended. Upgraded to outperform at KBW was Square. Price target remains at 250. It's stunning that Square gets zero in our vote. But how about the banks? I'm still way overweight. The banks, the financials in general, um, I think Wells Fargo still has a ways to go. It's mm -hmm. only trading at one times book value. And we've, we haven't even really seen the results from Charlie Scharf. He's been there a year and a half. He's got a whole new executive committee. They have $8 billion in cost cuts. And, and they're going to get that asset cap lifted at some point, which is going to be a nice catalyst for shares. It's only up 40% in the past year. Bank of America is most sensitive to rates. So if you're looking to play a rates play, Bank of America is your one. If you're looking for a restructuring story, well, Fargo is it. All right. We'll take another quick break. We'll come back. We'll answer your questions. You can email us. Ask Halftime at CNBC.com. We're back right after this. All right. It's that time. Let's answer your questions. Jim, I'm starting with you. And it's from Henry in guess where? Philadelphia. Philly. Kids got horse sense. Henry in the hometown. <laughs> um, and by the way, Henry's a, Henry's a youngster. I'm a 14-year-old stock investor, and I want to get into an industrial company. What do the traders think about UNP? Okay, listen to me, Henry. I think that Geno's is the best of the cheesesteaks, <laughs> and I think that UNP is the best of the rails. And I think you are dead spot on, and I like the way you, I like the way you roll, Henry. You've got it. So let's stick with Union Pacific. There's a great note today, just uh, raising, raising guides. I, I, got, I got to tell you. There is nothing like a 14-year-old kid from Philly who is obviously going to be the richest person in the world right now and buy the Sixers when, when, uh, when, that t when those fantastic hedge fund managers are done owning it. Yeah, I right, love it. Thank you for the question, uh, Henry. We really appreciate that. All right, next up, Stephanie Link, Rich in Michigan. Uh, oh, sorry about your basketball team yesterday. Uh, I'm a long-term investor. Mm -hmm. What stocks look promising in cybersecurity? What do you think, Steph? I own Fortinet. I like it. It's a $250 billion total addressable market for the space. So you can't go really wrong. But Fortinet is doing a good job of new products, new partnerships, and their long-term uh, total revenue target is 17% growth with margin expansion and billings of $5 billion. So I like that one a lot. Okay. Joey, to you from Rolly in New York. Chewy, what do you think? Uh, what do you, you like to pop in the stock? Love, <clears throat> love the pets. Earning surprise. Profitable surprise here. Um, but I'm playing pause, the ETF, P-A-W-Z. Uh, you get fresh pet, pets at home, Zoetis, get a little bit more diversification. Chewy story's good, but that's the way I prefer to play it. All right. Doc, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back, get ready for an unusual activity because I'm coming to you next for that. And as a reminder, you can always watch or listen to us live on the go on the CNBC app. We're back right after this. Dr. J, all right. Unusual activity. What do you got for us? All right. Well, Scott, um, we talked a little earlier about athleisure, and this is both athletic and athleisure. It's Under Armour, of course. Um, the stock's around $18. They were buying, Scott, the uh, April 18 calls. Now, these expire 
in two weeks from this coming Friday. Um, and I think this one is, I'm sorry, three weeks from this coming Friday. And I think this one's got great potential. They bought a lot of calls very quickly, 9,000 of those. So I'm in those. They were a 75 cent option this morning, Scott. Second one, this one expires April 9th expiration, not all the way out to April 16th, but April 9th. And this one is Snapchat. It's $21, I think, off the 52-week high. They're buying upside calls ahead of earnings. Um, stock's 51, 56. They were buying the 53 calls. Again, April 9th expiration. I'll probably be in those a little over a week, like both of these trades, Scott. So I added to Snap and Under Armour both today. All right, good stuff. Thanks for those trades. Dr. J, we'll take a quick break. You, we'll come back. We'll do final trades on the other side. the show don't sweat it the halftime report now has a podcast market moving interviews call of the day unusual activity and of course ask halftime look for us on apple podcast or your favorite podcasting app and subscribe to the halftime pod today All right, Jimmy, what do you have on Matt tonight? Uh, Secretary Raimondo from uh, Commerce Department. we got to find out what's really in this infrastructure bill. There may not be as much bridge and tunnels as we think, but there's going to be some others. I want to particularly drill down on semiconductors, whether there's anything there. Uh, but I can't wait. She is just the bright light in that administration, and I just truly enjoy uh, someone who's a business person, venture capitalist, before she became governor of Rhode Island and now doing this job. There's a lot of money in that infrastructure bill. We know that, so we don't have to wait for that. Yes. All right, Dr. J, you know, you mentioned it in passing. A little bit earlier, Cleveland Cliffs. That's new, right? And and you bought calls, is that right? Yes, sir, Scott. Um, I think this one, there was a washout of somebody big uh, back in February, Scott. A uh, hundred million shares traded that day as it hit a low for the year, 1330 or thereabouts. And ever since then, it's been climbing that, I don't know if it's a wall of worry or anticipation of Biden's announcement tonight. So I was back in there again today doing some call buying, Scott. I think this one plays out for quite a while. Farmer Jim will be proud of you, Doc, for uh, coming over to his side on this one. He, he's like he that, and, he, and he's yeah. owned it for quite a while, has Farmer Jim on Cleveland Cliffs. All right, yep. give me a final trade if you could, Doc, while I have you. JD uh, bought that one today, Scott, uh, at the money calls. All right, Stephanie Link. United Rentals, the U.S. rental market is on fire. Better demand means better rates and time utilization. I think you buy on this weakness today, and I think you buy if the infrastructure package disappoints. Okay, and Joe Terranova. Just like Jim and Steph, I like the semis. One name we don't talk often enough about is Texas Instruments. Mm. All-time high today. Mm. We call that buy high, sell higher. Yeah, it's funny. We... Um, we don't talk about Texan that much. <laughs> no, it's cheap, too, and they've been buying back, and it's really in the sweet spot when it comes to uh, Internet of Things. Yeah. Jimmy, it's been a pleasure, as always. Uh, so much, just too much fun, and it goes way too fast. But you want to leave, leave us with a trade? Salesforce, I've got to tell you, it's down four. Uh, it acts terribly. Slack deal can't close. There's nothing to like about it. Buy it. Yeah. All right. There you go. Again, thank you for being here. So much fun, guys. Thanks for watching. <laughs> You've been listening to CNBC's Halftime Report, the podcast. You can always catch us live weekdays at 12 Eastern, only on CNBC. The spirit of performance defines Acura, and now it's electric. Introducing the all-electric ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. 
While what powers their cars may change, the energy that makes Acura never will. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. With a premium Bang & Olufsen sound system and up to 313-mile range on a single charge and a Type S variant with an estimated 500 horsepower, the ZDX is everything they said electric could never be. It was built with the driver in mind, just like Acura has been doing since the beginning. We could talk all day, but the only way to experience this electric performance is to drive it yourself. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com.